gliding shapes that violate every law of nature. It's the Horror Foria Podcast. Hi, can I help you? John Richards and Andy Gilly are talking everything and anything horror movies. Welcome to the Horror Foria Podcast. It is Friday, March 20th of 2020, episode number 54, broadcasting from our more human than human studios in Wausau, Wisconsin. I'm John Richards. And Andy Gilly. I. Th- I don't know. I don't even know what studios we're coming from today with this movie. <laughs> I think it's the MF Studios because that's like the most uttered word in this movie. <laughs> uh, well, we'll we'll get to that. Any anyway. Uh, oh my God! Oh God! I, I got to apologize, Andy. <laughs> I, I seriously, dude. This. You know what? Hey, uh, I don't think I don't think I hated this as much as you did, and I found things to like about it. I tried to look on the bright side, which I do these days. You're trying to look on the bright side of this, huh? <laughs> right. Oh, boy. Okay. We'll, we'll get into it. Uh, so, horror movie news. Horror movie news. Uh, not a lot of going on as people shelter in place and socially distance. Uh, I think I'm actually maybe too close to you right now, uh, John, but uh, just not a lot to report. You're, you're a couple studios away. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh when no one's going to the theater and movie production shut down, um, not a lot to report on. But I did dig up a couple things. Uh, as I said earlier this week, uh, Universal putting out The Hunt and Invisible Man on Video On Demand today. Uh, I checked at about 1230 last night. It's already streaming at 1999. How long are they going to keep that up for? I don't know. I'm not sure how long they're going to be doing this. I don't know if this is kind of a... I almost hurt. I don't know if it's just as a result of the coronavirus thing or if uh, you know they're kind of pivoting to this where they're going to... Put things out in the on video on demand at the same time they're in theater, but yeah, I wonder if they'll. I think do, it's pretty great. I'm excited. I, yeah, I wonder if they'll do that for Quiet Place too. Uh, well, that's that has definitely been delayed. So okay. I, I'm not sure that would be great. Um, but I think I'm going to check these out this weekend. You should. Yeah. I don't know if I'll have time, but I'll try for sure. Stephen King had some strong comments for those people comparing coronavirus to his novel The Stand. Uh, that was a TV movie. We don't usually report on those, but hey, we got to dig for it today, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, he said, uh, he said on Twitter, no coronavirus is not like the stand. It's not anywhere near as serious. It's eminently survivable. Keep calm and take all reasonable precautions. Uh, so in the stand, a weaponized version of the flu is released and it causes a worldwide epidemic. So yeah, we're in a uh, pandemic right now. Yeah, People were uh, comparing it to that. I guess you didn't t- appreciate that. Uh, I think because whatever virus that is in there and i don't remember what it is but uh is unsurvivable where this is if you take precautions so that's what he's trying to say um (laughs) since we're talking about books uh i don't have anything else to talk about this week i'll do a same shameless self-promotion my bigfoot themed action horror novel the siberian incident 2 is available for pre-order on amazon right now dude i didn't even know that it will be released next saturday Check it out if you're interested in Bigfoot. Well, Yetis, since it's in Asia. <laughs> Yetis. That's awesome, dude. That's Congratulations. Really well, thank you. That's really all I got for this week. All right. Uh, here's horror movie trivia. Rob Zombie has a pretty long resume as a director. He does. He's directed how many feature-length films, though? Oh, boy. Let's see. Two. I use film loosely, though. Yeah, well, uh, what, maybe Eight. Close. Uh, Seven. Seven, really. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It was uh, House of Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, Halloween 1 and 2, uh, Lords of Salem, 31, and this, this one. one. Yeah. Which okay. is... <laughs> <laughs> Bill Mosley has appeared in both of my... Fa- uh, who's in this movie. 
has appeared in both of my favorite horror movie franchises, Evil Dead and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Name the movie he was in and who he played in both of those franchises. He played Chop Top in Texas Chainsaw 2. That one. Uh, And you said he was in Evil Dead? He was. Was he in the remake? No. The original. Oh, no. Didn't he play... um, he played like one of the the um, medieval guys, didn't he? He was a deadite captain in Army of Darkness. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was close. You were. You were. Uh-huh. Andy's Chainsaw Synopsis. Sure. I cannot wait for yep. this one. Three gross caricatures of lower class Americans are depicted as vulgar, violent, and foul. The unlikable trio murder their way through a women's prison movie, a home invasion movie, and then go to Mexico where they encounter stereotypes of Mexico and Mexicans. Then they kill a Mexican sent to kill them, and you don't feel great about watching the whole thing. I love it. That's exactly right. All right. Here's the unnecessarily spoiler alert. Uh, we are going to talk about Three from Hell from 2019. Rob Zombie's uh, the final movie in his trilogy that he tried to create. Uh, if you have not seen it and you want to watch it, it's free on Shutter. Uh, pause the podcast. Go watch it. Come back and find out what we have to say about it. So I did not watch this on Shutter. I got the 4K HDR unrated version of this on Amazon. Okay. All right. So I'm not sure if I saw more than you here. Uh, There was a lot of like gratuitous nudity and extreme violence against like fully nude women in this. There was. I thought, oh, this is probably from the, you know, you're getting that cut out. But I went back and referenced uh, a couple of the really more violent scenes on Shudder and I didn't see any difference. Like, so I'm not sure what was really unrated about uh, the end. How long was your version? Hour and 55 minutes. I had an hour and 55 minutes, yeah. too. So I got the uncut version, and, too. And, you know, it's in some of these uncut versions, you get like an extra half second or something like that where they like flash down and you see just something a little more than you. Like, uh, I remember like the basic instinct unrated version showed like uh, the ice pick going through it, like out coming out of his nostril. Oh, that's right. A okay. Quarter second. Yeah. So I didn't think that I thought it could it could uh, potentially be a different version, but you only got a couple extra seconds of footage. Um, but I, I just, I didn't notice any difference. So if you're, I mean, it, I wanted to watch it, you know, in, in 4k and shutter has really, it just has uh, stereo sound. It doesn't have surrounds. Right. You know, I'm, well, it. I don't have all the fancy stuff yeah, you well, did, I, so I, I'm yeah. glad I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I tried to, you know, I wanted to watch this in its full glory and not miss anything. <laughs> so, full gory. Full gory. <laughs> well, and I didn't find it that gory. I, I don't know. I, I It was, except for like the really sexually violent stuff where there's naked women and uh, you're seeing full frontal of them getting stabbed and stuff. Um and like the face cutting scene, I couldn't figure out if like her face was off or if they just bloodied her face and that was her husband's face. It just was not a very good effect. I didn't think. No, no, it really wasn't. Yeah. And we'll get more into that. I, yeah. I, I guess I should preface it because I, I had a little excitement for Rob Zombie. I think when we first started this podcast, but I think starting putting a more critical eye to these movies. Yeah. I, I, I'm not, I'm not a fan. I've, just, I've never been a fan. Of, so I, I am a huge fan of, I was a huge fan of his music, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I saw white zombie a couple times in, in concert back in the nineties. Yeah. I've seen them too. I saw the first, you know, when, when he went solo, I, I was, I went to his first tour when Hellbelly deluxe was released, you know, mm-hmm. uh, so I, yeah, you know, Dragula. I, I have uh, I have I have like all of his albums up to um, I don't know the one with American Witch on it I can't remember which that one with that what was I don't it? know 
you know, America, the one with American Witch on it, I can't remember what it's called right now offhand, was not a very good album. And he had made the House of a Thousand Corpses like almost the same time. So I really think his movie making uh, made his music suck. <laughs> <laughs> and I've always kind of resented his movies for because uh, it just felt like that's what he poured his efforts into. And he's a much better musician than director or definitely a much better uh, musician than a, a movie writer. Yeah. I think the writing in this movie is, is, is awful. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I, I, I tried to be fair to this movie. Uh-huh. I tried to see what what Zombie was trying to do here. And I, and I can only imagine that like some of this is, is homage and we just don't get it. Like Rob Zombie always stuffs his music with references to old movies and TV shows. Like Living Dead Girl is uh, is a 1982 French horror movie. Okay. And like Super Beast is a 1972 drive-in horror movie. Uh, who is this resist? Uh, who who is this irresistible creature who has an insatiable love for the dead? You know that that's a quote from Lady Frankenstein, yeah. 1971. Uh, so for homage to work in a film, you need to know it. I think in a song, it's just kind of cool, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, cause you can put the, the sampler yeah, in, into it. A cool sample, like superstition, but, fear and but, jealousy from Dragula. That's from city of the dead, a 1960 British horror film. You don't need to know that to like appreciate it in, in the song. No, no. But yeah, if you're visual, if <laughs> movies obviously are visual. So you, you, if you're going to throw something at your audience, make sure they're, they know exactly what you're talking well, and, about. And that's it. Like in a movie, it's totally different. I think homage is a lot different or like sampling or whatever you want to call it. Uh, maybe this would be awesome if you knew every reference and, and maybe all the things I'm going to pick on here, zombie could explain if he were sitting here, but his homage and references, I think are just too numerous and too obscure. Like you all, this is all, this movie I think is almost like an inside joke for him, or it's like an inside reference. If you had watched all this stuff that spider and, and Rob zombie watched on TV when they were kids and read all the comics and, and all of that, maybe you would get it. But I think it's just so obscure and it, it it's it, it's too much like it's like listening to two people who know each other really well and are telling a bunch of inside jokes to each other. Mm. I think that's what's going on here because uh, I don't know. Um, I just I just like like I I was like, well, why? Why do who? Why do they have this guy with this weird accent being the newscaster in the beginning? Remember that? Oh yeah, yeah. He like, was wearing like a brown leisure yeah. suit thing. Yeah, I was like, why? Why would? Uh, why would they have a newscaster with an accent like that? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that guy's name is Austin Stoker. He's from Assault on Precinct uh, Thirteen. Okay. And, yeah. The OG one. And this is a perfect example of what I'm talking about. There are so many. Re- yeah. The the OG one. So many references and so much homage that it gets lost. Uh, where you know one or two of these things would be cool. Like I think Tarantino does this really well, where he he has like a, a rep, like the uh, the yellow and black jumpsuit that uh, uh, Beatrix Kiddo wears in in uh, um, Kill Bill. You know, oh, it's, that, it's, that's uh, Bruce, it's a Bruce, Bruce Lee death Bruce yeah. Lee movie. Yeah. You know, but. So she's wearing this costume, but it's not like out of place. It's not like, why is this happening? Mm-hmm. And then you have to know that it's a reference to something. You know, it, he's able to fit his homage into the movie where I think Rob Zombie just kind of pukes all this homage <laughs> he out. Does. He pukes all this stuff out. And you're, if you don't get it, it, it's out of place and it doesn't make sense. No. And it's jarring. And, and I, don't, I don't know. I think that's part of what the problem is here. Uh, well, and I think especially with this movie, I think I think what with what he did with House of a Thousand Corpses, which if I had to pick one that was 
you know, that I was okay with, that would be it. I mean, I thought it was dark and grainy and I, I, I got some enjoyment out of it. Yeah. To me, you know, um, Devil's Rejects just got really gross for me. I mean, so, and I, I will admit I didn't see De- Devil's Rejects. Yeah. Well, and I don't think into this not. I'm like, ah, do I need to watch that? And then I watched the beginning of this and I'm like, oh, good. He recapped it for me. I don't need to watch. Yeah, it. that's exactly what happens in the movie. <laughs> I, and that's how it starts out. It starts out the end of Devil's Rejects as they're driving into the firefight, you know. And I guess so at the end of Devil's Rejects. They, they get like massacred, right? I mean, they, they do shot to bits, Bonnie and Clyde style, right? Yep. All three of them. All three of them. So there was a, I remember there was a lot of talk, you know, when I was doing horror movie news for this, cause this came out in September. Yes. Uh, so we we'd already started this podcast. And I remember there was like a lot of talk about how he's going to bring these people back. You know, is it going to be like, like a lot of people were thinking maybe Dr. Satan would make a, a re- reappearance and he would like resurrect them from hell or something. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nope. No, no, they got shot 20 times. Each each shot 20 times and survived. Yeah. Okay. Look at Blake. (laughs) Now now I know some people in healthcare and uh, they they do, uh, you know, they end up working on on criminals and people who have done awful things and they try to do a good job. I don't think they'd have tried that hard on these people. Agreed. I. I, And it's 20 times and, and they were specific about it because I remember the, the newscaster says, and they each got shot each 20, 20 times. <laughs> That's right. So well, none of those hit the head. Well, or, I don't know. I mean, uh, uh, 50 Cent got shot 16 times and he lived. But it just Well, I mean, if it's not going to hit a vital organ or hit you in the head, then OK. But they they were getting shot with shotguns and and right. high caliber handguns and so i think right off the bat he misses an opportunity to make something cool there to to have it be cool he just he just has them um you know somehow miraculously un- inexplicably heal from all of this damage they've taken right and that is that is how the movie starts out it's a recap basically saying that they've you know this is how they're there they, they, they've recovered they didn't die they didn't die, mm-hmm. they didn't die. No, all three of them are, are alive uh, which is interesting, like um, uh, that uh, he didn't just have uh, uh, Sid Hag's character die, you know, in that. Now, in Devil's, I had Reject, a, are in Devil's Rejects, are these three in there? Is it, yes. is it Sid Hag? So there's four of them in Devil's Rejects. No, no, no. Richard Brake, the Winslow character, doesn't make it has is not in the previous two movies yeah like right. the way it is it like like house of a thousand corpses focuses on uh otis and baby i mean if we're yeah. taking these characters it, it's more focused on them captain spaulding's almost like a like a a side one you end up at the end of that movie sorry spoiler on this at the end of that movie you realize that that's his family yeah because he picks up the survivor and ends up taking her back and killing her and then it's about those three um, on the lamb, you know, yeah. basically that, you know, they, they realize, or that, yeah, uh, devil's reject starts out with a shootout at the house, another shootout, and then they all get away and they're on the lamb. So, yeah. And then this one it's, and I had, cause a, they pick that, pick this other guy up somewhere along the way here, don't they? And they find him. In, no, you no? find out that Winslow's the half brother. That's right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that like for inexplicably, and you didn't know about him. He's a psychopath too. Yeah, right. He's also part of this family, the Firefly family. Sure. Great. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I hated what they did with the Sid Haig character. I thought they totally it showed complete disrespect to that. Well, okay, and Sid Haig in the 
I don't know, five, five seconds, 10 seconds he's in this movie. He looks terrible. He does look terrible. He I really mean, looks bad. So I, I get that they couldn't have done much with him. But yeah, again, another missed opportunity here. I think they could have just had him die in this. He would be the one victim that died in this. Yeah. In this uh, shootout at the end of Devil's Rejects. And, well, and they could have said they have him sent to the chair for some reason. Yeah, well, lethal injection. Yeah. So I mean, it, it, man, maybe it was that. I mean, they already filmed this, and then he got sick or something. I know that Zombie talked to him in the beginning of the film, and then he realized he wasn't going to be able to make the whole film, so that Sid Haig wasn't going to be able to uh, be in it as much as he thought. But I don't know. Yeah, I think it's another missed opportunity, and there are several in this movie. Um, I did think that the uh, movie toned down the whole white trash element a little uh, from like the Rob Zombie Halloween. I thought that was uh, far more unpleasant than anything in this movie like that yeah but he he took other ones and got even more offensive with them he did yeah my grandma used to say who wants to hear all that bad language in a film well i do (laughs) you know i like hearing the f word in a movie when you when you watch it on tv you can't hear that you know i had hbo when i was a kid and i I feel a little cheated if there's not swearing in a movie but that's true this was like yeah i associate you know adult language in movies with being a it, it's a serious, mature film. It's not like a TV movie, you know, but this goes just way beyond that. Every sentence is punctuated with MF, you know? Yeah. And, and after a while, it's just, please stop swearing for oh, God's no. sake. Use some real dial. If you took it all out, it'd be like, hey. <laughs> yes. I mean, if you took all the hey. MFs out of this. <laughs> and, and I don't know. I don't know what Zombie was trying to do here. This had a bit of like, um, obviously a B movie vibe. Um, those have swearing in it. They, they, when they, I don't know. And Tarantino does that a lot. But if Tarantino is like the Jackson Pollock of swearing, Zombie just takes that paint and like pours the whole can on the canvas till the whole <laughs> thing is just blue and it's not even hard anymore. It takes a dog and lets him walk all over. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, it's it, it, it's not that is not well done. His dialogue is terrible. No, oh, that I have it a bunch of times. I mean, the dialogue that they yeah. that they have is is god awful. And you're right. I think him writing the movies or writing the script is just like uh see cuz like to me Richard Brake he's a serious actor yeah. um I, I watched let's go back to another Rob Zombie movie called 31 yeah he plays the main antagonist in that but he has like like the dialogue is awful but the way he delivers it is really good and terrifying it, it makes you go like oh man this guy's a piece of trash True. you know just a, a mean dude yeah. yeah but he he even with Richard Brake is Winslow. The dialogue is so bad. It is. There's nothing you can do with it. it. It's terrible. And he does try to do like Tarantino-esque things where they're having like these uh, weird conversations and stuff, but they're just awful. I think Zombie maybe, you know, spent too much time watching movies and TV and only ever talked to Spider, you know, and uh, doesn't really know how to have a actual conversation with a human being. Yeah, I know. You know it, it's, it, or doesn't understand how real people talk because this is terrible. Yeah. Um, so I did like the uh, the there there were some cool things in the beginning. Okay, like the shot in the in the when they're in the car in the beginning. Uh, they're going down the road in the car. That's kind of a cool shot. Oh, the, the and Freebird. Oh no, but no, Freebird was playing in uh, Devil's Rejects. Yeah, it was another Devil's song because uh, that's the song that they get shot to, right? Yeah. Yep. I like the title sequence where it uh, shot holes in Three from Hell. I didn't like that. It looked cartoony to me. 
looked good. I mean, it was a good. Again, I think that's an homage to these B movies from the seventies. That's yeah. kind of what it what, it, what they're trying to do. And I thought like the mont the news montage in the beginning, the seventies news montage where this guy from Assault from Precinct Thirteen, uh, Austin Stoker is talking. I thought that had some good stylistic elements. You know, there was like like the, his wipes and transitions in that were uh, were really kind of cool. You know, it, it's well, it's like you said about Tarantino when he makes those transitions and does those things in his movies they're seamless yeah it, i didn't get it or i didn't like it because it was too choppy i mean it went from it went from you know a, a clean shot to you know the grain and, and the transition to me was not good i don't know i like the style in that and and i thought that it showed that zombie should maybe direct movies and not write them because i think he has some good ideas visually uh, but overall, you know, when you add his writing in it and the dialogue and the stories he comes up with, the the execution is just poor. But I think I think he's actually a decent cinematographer and a decent director uh, style stylistically. I think he has some interesting ideas. And if you weren't just so like turned off by the events going on and the dialogue and all of that, I think it'd be easier to appreciate what he's doing as a director. Well, maybe, and maybe I should have watched it again on silent for, for the cinema. <laughs> right. Cause I'll tell you that, that devil's rejects had a really dark feel to it mm-hmm. and it was pretty cool. I mean, some of the color, color decisions that he used, you know, dark purples and, and like dark blues and stuff like that. It was really cool. Yeah. And, and he did it on the opposite end. He did brighter colors like oranges, like, or, or, a uh, uh, sun, what do they call those? A sun, like a direct shot into the sun. Oh, yeah, a lens flare. Well, that's it. Like, yeah, they, like he did some of that and that was cool, yeah. but you know, there, there was no continuity to this. Sure. And, and you know, I, didn't really know. And I think I was so turned off by the dialogue. I didn't catch it. Yeah. Well, and it's, I can understand that because it is like what's going on on screen. is so off putting and the dialogue is just so poor that, that it's, it's hard to appreciate something. And I looked for the, what I'm doing is trying to look for things to like, cause I knew you were going to hate on this, and, <laughs> you know, but there are things to like about it. Um, I think, uh, you know, so in this news montage, it's, it talks about like the media's fascination with killers, uh, and stuff, you know, I think maybe he was trying to say something about that there, but these creeps are so uncharismatic and unlikable that it's implausible that they'd ever take the nation by storm like this. Well, know? yeah, and they, they, that's something that he forced down your throat. And and I, I think he has an unhealthy obsession with Charles Manson. Because that's absolutely right. He, uh, this is, I do not think the Manson family are heroes. I'm sick of seeing Rob Zombie pay homage to Manson and treat him like some kind of icon. Mm-hmm. Uh, his baby character here is a real nod to the Manson girls like Susan Atkins or whatever their names were. Who cares? I'm just not entranced by this Manson mythology. He was like a manipulative creep. He wasn't cool. Some awesome celebrity. This Charles Manson adoration that Zombie has in almost every single thing he does, it's just unexhausting. It's getting really unoriginal. Yeah, I mean, the way Otis looks is like, you know, oh, hey, this is Charles Manson. There you and they even said that, you know, yeah. free the three, free the three, you know. And it, that was stuff that, that was saying about Manson. Like, the, you know, these people that, that had no direction in life, they're like, oh, look at this guy. He's cool. Right, right. Um, and they, they played, he played with that just a little bit. Yeah, because I mean, mean, it was the beginning when they were in their trial and then um, so they're in prison and they're supposed to be on death row because they got a death sentence. Okay, so Otis doesn't (laughs) I figured you'd be in 
solitary confinement, if you have if you have a death sentence, you would not be allowed out of your cell except to go eat or maybe walk around the grounds. No, they go out to the California desert and they're digging holes. Yeah. That- <laughs> and and, yeah, and he's on sure death row. I mean, right. th- th- there's there's no continuity to this. It's no. like, okay, cool. Um, I don't really but, know a lot about the prison system, but, but yeah, my understanding is that I, you're I not going to be let out of that prison. You, yeah, I don't. Well, yeah, I don't think you get out. There's something long. else, and that has no continuity yeah. to it. But but I'm going to get into that. This is where, uh, you know, and this I had a problem with this news feed. It's like, well, here's actual footage of what happened out in the Mojave Desert, um, and it's very disturbing. So viewer discretion advised. And they show this, you know, this this POV camera. And all of a sudden, there's a massacre, and you see Otis out of his chains, and uh, chains, and then you see Winslow, who goes by Wolf Midnight Wolfman. Midnight Wolfman. Um, he does a terrible wolf howl, by the yeah, way. Yeah, all the people are dead, and then you see Danny Trejo. Yes, he he's yeah he's actually the same character. He was a bounty hunter looking for the Firefly family. Uh, in Devil's Rejects. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, and so, same character. In yeah, right. it, he is, and and he actually him and Otis have a confrontation and he goes well do you remember me he goes no i don't remember you because he was just getting paid but he ends up shooting him in the back of the head yeah and then they break free yeah so this is supposed to be some sort of found footage yeah cuts and like different camera there's like it's filmed by like three different camera yeah Yeah, it's like what are we found footage at all we're doing a documentary on death row inmates that we're allowed out and uh there you go we're bringing a bunch of cameras with us yeah i i and, and i this was this seemed like he was trying to um, pay homage to Tarantino or something like that. There was a lot of Tarantino. Oh, I didn't get that at all. I, I just, know. I thought. I did it, like the uh, piece of skull in my eye thing. That was oh, kind of funny. Oh, look at that. That's funny. That was funny. Are you I crying? Like <laughs> yeah, no, there's a piece of skull in my eye. See? <laughs> so, I like that. That was, that was kind of funny. So they go off somewhere. They're talking about how to get baby out of prison. Um, they have this stupid um, Humphrey Bogart conversation yes. then that's what i'm talking about there's like this tarantino kind of well, stuff like that, trying to be philosophical about yeah, humphrey bogart about and humphrey it was bogart stupid and, and james cagney it, and 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 that's what i what, that maybe that's what my note is from here uh, where he's trying to be like tarantino he's trying to have these conversations like tarantino would have in his movies about you know movies and things like that and it just doesn't come off mm-hmm. because it's not interesting like the stuff tarantino comes up with like that is 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 it like interesting and good like the uh, Lay Royale conversation and and like uh, Kevin Smith does this really well where he talks about movies in his movies like uh, the whole Star Wars Death Star conversation. Well, yeah, and it's it's intelligible to, though, right. I, and this is just like gibberish. No, it was it was it was dumb, and it, yeah, I, I mean after it, it was a and, waste of time. It just prolonged the movie. You, yeah, you kind of you. you, you you were kind of like listening in and then it started sounding like the peanuts teacher. Wah, 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 F-bomb, F-bomb, wah, 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 F-bomb, F-bomb. Yep. yep. Uh, here's the other no continuity. So baby mm-hmm. gets a death sentence, mm-hmm. yet she goes to a parole board. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't what? understand what was going on there either. Why that? Maybe the, I, again, I don't understand the prison system all that well. Now, we were talking about this. It's almost like there's like four or five different movies being made here. Yeah. And at this point, uh, this turns into a women in prison movie. Yes. You know, like, so it's like, a prison- I, I like some of these. This is a good genre, man. Like the big dollhouse. There's a, one of my favorite ones, Caged Fury with Eric Estrada. <laughs> okay. 1989 movie. <laughs> women in prison movies are enjoyable. There, there's uh, this one called Kelly. Kelly Bell is a, a, 
there's one called Locked Up with her. <laughs> She's like an indie actor. I, I oh, love man. it. I love Locked Up. It's a great movie. Check it out sometime. If you okay. Like women in prison movies. But the, so he's trying to, you know, homage women in prison movies basically here. All right. Um, he's Fair. got D. Wallace the from Hills Have Eyes and she's actually the mom in E.T. Remember? Yeah. That's, that's who the prison guard is here. And again, if yeah, you she, know this, she plays Greta. Well, see, that that to me was fine because she plays a different character and her hair's darker. Yeah. And, and it's she's never a villain. No, so it was interesting to see her in kind of this villain villainous role. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, I was fine with that. I know who exactly D. Wallace yeah, is. And it, that was I mean, that's the kind of thing that's cool to see if you know, if you know what you're taught, what you're seeing, you know, but there's so much of that kind of stuff in here. There's it's just it goes over your head because it's being thrown at you so much, you know. Right. So so we went from a prison break movie to a women's prison yeah. homage movie. She she obviously doesn't make parole. Another five years we'll review. Yeah, but um, somehow she there's nobody with a gun in this parole hearing. Correct. She, uh, she headbutts Greta, breaks her nose, and she gets that or baby gets the hell beat out of her. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't know. Yeah, that was uh, un- implausible. Uh, so then, um, you know, after she, the, uh, D, what was D Wallace's name in this? She's Greta. Greta. Yeah, that's right. She, yeah. We, we got to go to the woods where Otis and uh, oh, yeah, Winslow, right. this is where we find the, are they hunting or are they hunting yeah, for them? Hunters who are supposed to be like rednecks. And I, you know, this is the thing, like he very thinly makes the victims in this, uh, he he tries to um, I don't know justify their deaths somehow, but it's never done very good. These people are just out hunting, you know? yeah. And I think you know the justification for them dying is that they're rednecks. I mean, it's, well, they recognize they recognize, yeah, they recognize Otis, Otis, and they're like, hey, you know, maybe we should take them in, right? And then like like. Winslow, Richard Brake's character goes up to the wife and starts talking about her breasts. Right. That, mm-hmm. And again, it's just like this, this high school, young high school, you know, dialogue that, that you would hear on a playground, not a playground, but you'd hear like right. high school kids talking about at lunch, you know, talking about her breasts and really, you know, being sexist about this. And, mm-hmm. and, and it's just like... Why? And, and it, it, it's, I, I felt like it was portrayed as him being really clever. You know, no. like, like this was, a, oh yeah, he's, he's, I'm, I'm a 44 year old guy. That was not clever. No, that was, clever just, at all. That was no, it, he's older than I am. Yeah. Well, exactly. And, and it, it was, it wasn't, it was, it was kind of gross. And, uh, but at any rate, they end up killing her husband and then shooting him. And then that's yeah. when Richard Bright gets a piece of right, uh, right. skull in his eye. Like he's crying. Yeah. And he flicks oh, it that's where him. that's from. That's right. Um, so, um, uh, my notes are messed up here. Um, so they, de- they like, you know, basically the homage to, to here you go. Yeah. yeah homage to Texas chainsaw. But I thought, I didn't know if it was her husband's face that it actually got cut out. Cause they ask her, they take her which I don't understand either. She doesn't shoot any of them cause she's got a gun. Right. And doesn't try to shoot any of them. So I assume it's her because he got shot in the face. And then, yeah, that's right. Okay, no, it's her. Yeah, it's her. But I couldn't tell because the effect was so bad. <laughs> like it just looked like they, it didn't even look like blood. It looked like uh, you know some some Ketchup. jelly yeah. kind of stuck <laughs> just, on her face. And we ran out of budget for blood, man. Get some really go to the store. More skull like, you yeah. know. She definitely still had her face skin. Yeah. Uh, and, but it was perfectly peeled off when you saw it hanging on the tree. I don't know, but she, yeah, I think a peeled off face would look much different than that. I've seen it done much better in other movies, but yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that 
happened. <laughs> then we go back to the pr- this and this is the transition suck. I mean, it's just it goes from one to another and you're trying. And this is where it gets really confusing because it seems like 8000 different movies. Yeah. We go back to the prison. Greta uh, gets baby out of her uh, out of her cell and takes her to this like back cell. Yeah. And then these two other prisoners are coming in and they've got these homemade shanks that right. they're going to kill or not kill her. But they're, you know, um, Greta goes for a smoke, and once I get it finished, you know she's going to be pretty messed up. Yeah. Comes back, these two gals are on; they're they're eviscerated. Right? Yeah, and like actually, this is some decent gore. There's like some intestines laying on the ground. Yep, that was that was kind of impressive. Um, she, <laughs> kind of, <laughs> she carved a baby into her forehead, which I was I don't know that hat seemed to happen a lot too. Yeah. Oh so, yeah. yeah. Then this turns into a home invasion movie. Yeah. And apparently it, it really takes from a movie called Fight for Your Life from 1977 where um uh it's, it's one of the, one of these B movies and this is uh all a real homage to this Fight for Your Life um I don't know. Uh that film sounds like it has a very satisfying conclusion. This does not. No. <laughs> and you know the the warden, this is the warden Virgil. And, and yeah, I wrote that down because I like that name, Virgil. That's kind of a yeah, it's a good name for the the character. Um he looks like a kind of a Wayne Newton type with <laughs> a, with a, a handlebar mustache. I yeah. don't know. He has a really crazy 70s house, like red carpet, red shag carpet and mm. stuff. Um, Wood paneling and stuff. Yeah. That um, has a picture of himself, painted picture of himself. Yeah. 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 Pretty self-important. That was, that was kind of interesting, too. Uh, <laughs> then this. Uh, so they had this home invasion or whatever, and they're holding this uh, warden. And then who was the other guy with him? He was uh, he was one of the parole officers. Yeah, the parole officer. So I guess he works at the prison. Yeah, so the so they're. Their two wives are there. They're tied up. Otis and uh, and uh, Winslow had tied them up. Right. And again, here comes another like high school, you know, sexualized conversation that's supposed to be funny or, or, right. or frightening. It's just gross. Yeah, and, and and they are just completely unsympathetic here. Like I think again, he's like trying to say, well, this warden is evil. He deserves his death, but. Uh, you know, his, the, these two guys' wives are there. Mm-hmm. They aren't portrayed as, as being any kind of, you know, it's just innocent people getting slaughtered here. Yeah. And, and like, I, I don't know. I So the big plan is to send the warden back. He, well, he, well you know, I I kind of disagree only because the, the warden plays crooked too so uh, you so sure, so warden deserves to die sure yeah so you're you, you know there there's your rhyme to the reason of why the warden should be killed yeah right i get like the warden is set up as a villain who uh we we should we we aren't gonna feel too bad about his death no but his wife and this other guy no, and the parole officer for they, sure yeah there, there was know, nothing wrong with those characters victims and these guys are slaughtering like terror terrorizing torturing them yeah i agree i agree a hundred percent what I, happened to them <laughs> what you know wasn't deserved at all yeah. and and uh you know the big well first of all there's this clown that comes in oh god and i don't i don't know what he it, was going on here uh, I, I think I wanted to laugh because I, I was like kind of ready to, but then I was like, 
why the hell is a clown coming over? I, I don't get what the, is this well, because zombie has to have a clown in everyone. Yeah, movies? maybe, maybe that was the homage to his other movies because he pays homage a lot to himself. Yeah, he, he does actually. Uh, you know, you're gonna find out maybe that the clown makeup was supposed to be Captain Spaulding's makeup. Yeah, or, 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 what? I don't know what was going. On. Anyway, he they end up murdering the clown. We need to talk about that part. Uh, and then the big plan is to send the warden back, uh, get a prison guard uniform, and sneak out. Um, Sneak out, uh, sneak baby out of prison. Yeah, so, yeah, prison guard. But, um, you know, he brings up the fact. And actually, this was kind of, there was some continuity to this. Well, how, you know, how would she know that I'm doing this for you? Well, yeah. I'll write a note. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> that's what they did a lot in the movies. No, they didn't at all. Yeah, no, right. And at about this time, Sherry Moon's zombies acting and, like, trying to portray this psychotic becomes very exhausting. Yeah, it I mean, was. Seeing her like uh, laughing and uh, making cat noises, cat noises and stuff like that. This this whole time, and it was. Uh, well, the one you know the one that one part I did like was the uh, dancing cat. cat, dancing cat. That was weird and interesting. I don't know what was going on there. I, I, I don't know. I don't know either. That was actually kind of a cool scene. I, no, I was completely <laughs> I out of it. I, was, I like that because like heard. like she was getting stitched up after she got in a fight with those two right. girls, and then the warden came in there and was like saying, you know, you need to tell me whatever or what he's trying, whatever he's trying to get. There was no point to it because the warden went got, went in there. And she was telling this cat story and saying meow, yeah. and then he just left. Like, oh, yeah. okay. And I don't know I, if the warden was uh, like actually killed that cat or what. If that was more, more of the reason we were supposed to hate the warden or what. But anyway, um, so they end up getting Cherry, or I'm sorry, we end up getting Baby back to the house. Their plan actually works somehow. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's anything else to say about that. Or no, so, no, there's really not. I mean, anyway, it's, okay, Greta gets killed, whatever. Yeah, they get they, back to the house. They there's get back this to the house, and they're like they've been torturing the people. Obviously, uh, the uh, parole officer guy's wife is now completely naked. Yeah, and uh, um, uh, they have some conversation about making porn movies or something like that. Which yeah. again, I, I think is probably like a conversation zombie had with somebody and thought was really funny. Yeah. Hey, we should do that. <laughs> right. Uh. It wasn't very uh, funny at all. <sighs> so anyway, uh, they end up basically killing everybody in the house. Uh-huh. And uh, there is a very gratuitous scene of killing the parole officer's wife where she's completely naked, running down the street. Right in front of the yard, there's an old lady there. Yeah. And then baby says, oh God, hi, granny. Yeah. And just... Hey, we got to go. Yeah. And so it, she ends up stabbing this woman on the lawn. I don't, I don't think it's anything special. It's it's like basically a Michael Myers kill. Well, it is, but she's uh, full, fully naked. Yeah, so, right, I mean, right, it's right. gross. It um, is, yeah. Like the whole slow-mo. Did, she's running in slow motion, full frontal. I mean. Do you have any info on why she grabbed the Native American headpiece and the no, bow and arrow? I do not. And so to me, that's really offensive for some reason. Super offensive. I mean, and there's so many things like that in this. The the headdress, they use the three letter F word at one point in this movie, you know, to refer to homosexual people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's like it's nothing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and uh, they call somebody a mongoloid and they get away with all of that. Like, it's not like like if uh, it, this stuff is so offensive and this came out last fall. 
know, if this was if this was like a 2003 movie, it'd be like, well, yeah, it's almost 20 years now ago. Now maybe things were different, but no. yeah, I mean, it, all of the so, so if you do this in a movie, you should really like kill that character. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I I don't know what was going on with that dress. Again, I'm thinking if if uh, somebody who watched all these movies and stuff was here, we would know what what the reference was, and maybe it's. Uh, like in this next scene so they they kill all these people and they decide they're going to go to Mexico right because they're holed up in a, in a, ho- a motel and some guy has a Mexican hat on he has like a sombrero on mm-hmm. and uh, then I don't know they go down to um, go down to Mexico meet Carlos who's the owner of the hotel down there right right um, Carlos calls and now, and now it becomes like a on the lamb trip to Mexico movie. yep um, so, but just quick, just that, that was just a quick one. Yeah. That, that, that was a quick other movie that you're talking about because it's the same movie <laughs> because Carlos calls Aquarius yeah. Aquarius. We find out. Okay. Okay. Yes. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Aquarius. We find out is the son of Trejo. Yes. So I paused the movie at this point. Right. I, okay. I, and I hate the Firefly family at this point. Yes. I, they're, they're, they're just, disgusting i hate him you know yep. he shows us trejo's son and i'm thinking oh this is what he's doing here this is going to be a great revenge movie mm-hmm. he's going to he's going to take us he's taken us down this road he's made us watch all this stuff and all this disgusting awful stuff that these people done have done so he can set up a very satisfying revenge at the end of this and we can see this guy kill these people yes you know? i was yeah. like oh this is maybe maybe I, here's the I redemption just, i've been yes looking for. this is what i've been waiting for but again it's a missed opportunity because we, yes we go he whiffed here. on it because they brought sid haig back they show a flashback of him mm-hmm. and they're reminiscing about him oh yeah so then all of a sudden here's here's an arc yeah, they're sympathetic, like you said. Well, yeah, and and the movie completely changes at this point. Yes. There's this knife throwing contest at a bar. Yeah, at a bar, and it it attempts to make baby sympathetic, like they're making fun of her because she's a woman, and she's better than than the guy. They're real like chauvinist pigs to her and stuff. Right. And all she's been is insufferable and annoying until now, and now she's like a different character from a different movie. Well, all three of them for some. I, I don't know how it happened. All three of them became the anti-heroes. Right, exactly. And up to this point, they have just been uh, just insufferable, and you you hate them. They're still doing stuff, though. Well, and they are, yeah. Yeah, and it's let's like not get, let's not because I mean they're they're with prostitutes. They're they're right. like like doing all that kind of stuff and drinking and whatever. Um, I, I put eighties dance montage. Did yeah, you see so, that? Yeah, <laughs> and I think I think that was reminiscent of his music videos. He, again, he's he's like homaging himself there. Yeah, the dizzy. Like cameras, <laughs> right. that was totally like a, a white zombie video. Yep. Uh, and then there's that like he's with those hookers or whatever, and and uh, there's that Lon Chaney Quasimodo movie thing. Oh, yeah. Another like uh, insufferable piece of dialogue oh, we have to sit yeah. through uh, and his point of view with uh, this Lon Chaney Quasimodo thing. And okay, so like they're with hookers and they're doing bad things, but you you could still be a sympathetic character, yeah, be, uh, uh, doing bad things, but. They, they aren't. They're no. just. It's. It, it, they're not. They. They are not in any way sympathetic, 
And that's true because like what Otis is saying to the women, you know, oh, I got to get my stank off you or whatever. Yeah, and it's like, it's like, awful. he's still bad. Why, why, why are you doing, why are you pushing me in this direction? I want this guy to die. Yeah. 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 Me too. At this point, worst use of Inagata DeVita in a movie. Oh yeah. Um, oh, Manhunter yeah. is the best, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but this is just this is a terrible uh, use of Inagata DeVita. Uh, so this guy shows up. What is his name again? The Satan. Aquarius. Yeah. Aquarius. They're called the, the Black Satans. The Black Satans. Right. And, and I'm like, oh, yeah, here we go. I'm like, well, all these people are showing up. Uh, it looks like they're just they want. In fact, they've got I think they actually have the stormtrooper boots on. I'm like, they I didn't want notice that. a bunch of stormtroopers to die here. I'm like, this isn't good. I don't I don't like that. I, I was looking at the Lucha Libre masks. <laughs> yeah, I was I was uh, expecting. Yes, I know. I, I, I wanted to see something like the end of Desperado where these two guys show up and just slaughter all the bad guys you know and i didn't get that no you had a whole so army. no ins- i'm sorry go ahead no no, no. I, I was just saying uh there was another stupid piece of dialogue because we got introduced to another character sebastian yeah the the little person yeah the yeah. the dwarf um yeah. he uh like he gets befriended and that's another like mm-hmm. turn for baby it's right. like they because they, they they share a moment so that's supposed to be yeah it's supposed to be some sort of sympathy yeah and he ends up warning uh Otis too so then <laughs> Otis becomes sympathetic or somewhat sympathetic you know, like, like that yeah <laughs> Uh, so, so then baby turns into like, uh, some sort of Assassin's Creed stealth killer. Oh yeah. She, she's, she's like she's running perfect. around shooting people with her bow. Uh, and I, I, I don't know, like they end up killing Carlos and Carlos is, you know, taking money to snitch on them, but he, he's not really so much of a dick that he deserves. Well, he just wants to get out yeah, of there. He just wants to get out of Mexico. I mean, then they 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 call one of the they're so yeah it's, it's these guys in these lucha libre masks and mm-hmm. and uh you know the the guy who's treo's son or whatever has a black one all the rest of his stormtroopers have red ones mm-hmm. and uh he uh, i forget which one of them it is is it uh, otis he calls one of them a mongoloid yeah and then challenges him to a uh, very contrived machete battle <laughs> <laughs> and so so we we have that <laughs> Is that montage to machete? I, I don't know. I'm not really sure what, what happens here. Well, anyway, they end, they, these three end up killing. Oh, God. And did you notice how bad the CG was uh, with the blood? The, oh, oh, yeah. yeah. The, the blood. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. It was it was really bad. So they end up. Yeah, they end up. They, there were three coffins that Aquarius told. Um, uh, what's it, Carlos, to make, yeah. and then three coffins for the three people. He ends up getting put in one of them, and they right. burned him alive. And then, hey, guess what? The Firefly family survived right. again. Right. You know, I mean, and not, no, no clue, no conclusion. Abs- nope, absolutely nothing. Exactly. It's got all this stuff. There's really no point to them. No, there's yeah. you know, there's some cool camera shots like on a on, on a helicopter as they're driving away back yeah. out of Mexico, but yeah. they lived. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah, there's some stylistically interesting things here. So. Four to five minutes. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, I did not enjoy this movie. I thought it was a chore to sit through. I'm bored of, you know, zombies, Manson family, and obscure B-movie love. Uh, if you want to see B-movie homage done well, watch a Tarantino movie. Yep. Uh, the movie was just deeply unsatisfying. It could have taken a bunch of turns that maybe would have been interesting, but it didn't. It Agreed. missed it every opportunity to do that. Um, all the things I wanted to see went the opposite direction of what I'd like to see. Uh, now, I mean, that doesn't mean that it was worthless or everyone's going to feel that way. Maybe there are some people who 
find this interesting. Stylistically, I think there's some good things going on here. If you really like old B movies and you've done uh, all you've done all your life is sitting around watching them, like uh, Rob Zombie has apparently done, you're gonna get it. You're gonna feel like uh, the people who hate this movie just don't get it. I think. Yep. Uh, I think all the homage coming at you will mute the ineptness of the storyline and dialogue for you if you if you like that sort of thing. Uh, if you really like zombies worldview, think the Manson family is awesome. You watch this with like 10 of your friends who, who thinks, think the same thing. You can discuss it during the references so that the abysmal dialogue, <laughs> that you miss, miss that. You may love the movie. I don't know. Yeah. But where are you sitting at? So because of the style, because of the style, if you really knew the homage, I'm, an, I'm actually going to give this two and a half stars. Ah, okay. <laughs> what do you give it? I don't like this movie at all. Okay. I mean, this movie to me was just, it was worthless. Yeah. I would say the only reason why to watch it is if you're a completionist and want to watch the final movie of the trilogy, but they set it up for a fourth movie. Yeah. Um, he didn't, he didn't wreck uh, my favorite movie of all time. So I, I give him that. But I'm I'm gonna say you didn't think, you didn't think it was uh you, what you're saying is you didn't think it was uh a, like a uh, it didn't hurt House of, House of a Thousand Corpses is that what no, you're no 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 I I don't think it helped it yeah um, but like when he remade Halloween I gave it a half star yeah because I was so irritated oh, by I it I see what you're saying okay so so your favorite movie of all time yeah my favorite horror movie of all time yeah I'm sorry I'm, um I don't know what I'm thinking here I I can't I can't give it more than a one so I'm gonna sit at a one sit at a one yeah very fair I think. You know, the reason I give it two and a half is I think if you, like I said, if you shared Rob Zombie's worldview and you saw all these movies and you got all these references, you might like the, like the, uh, the, um, uh, D, uh, what's her name? Uh, D Wallace. D Wallace thing. That was cool. Yeah. You know, I like that. I was like, oh, it's cool to see her again. So if you was got good to all see, this stuff, I it was think, good to see Trejo. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. It was cool to see Trejo. So if you got all this stuff and you knew all these references, you might have a different opinion of it. Uh, but there's just too much of it coming at you, mm-hmm. you know, for me. Anyway. Well, no direction. I mean, again, it's I, I, you're supposed to put a conclusion on this unless you want to do another movie. And to me, he's going to do another movie. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think style, but stylistically, I think it does show that he has a little bit of talent as a director. I'd really like to see him direct something he hasn't written. And and have some constraints like, uh, you know, he's he's puts too much of himself into these movies, like all his love for the Manson family and all that kind of stuff. I'd like to see him have some constraints and have to, uh, you know, do something that he hasn't written. Yeah, well, take a script and be able to put put right. his vision on it. Yes. Without his words on it. Exactly. I think that would be interesting to see. Maybe. I don't know. I, I'm not going to give I'm not going to say, well, I'm done with Rob Zombie, but I'm pretty much done with Rob Zombie because yeah. no. Well, next week, we're, we're going to have a fun one, I think. Um, you know, I've been hearing really great things about this from 2019. Kind of a sleeper hit. It's called Ready or Not. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I don't really even know what it's about. I think it's a survival movie, maybe a, a satanic cult movie a little bit from what I saw in the trailer. But I don't know. But we'll do that. Uh, everybody, please stay safe. And, uh, you know, if, you're, if you get a little bored, why don't you go check out past episodes of the Horrorphoria podcast. Everybody have a great weekend and we'll talk to you next week.